0: This is The Guardian.
1: I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is the full story. It'd be really, like if they let me loose in a protest, it'd be very, very bad. The recordings are graphic. Because <laughs> I'll be skull-dragging him into the car, because, you know, that, and that is my definition of poison. Yeah leaked to Guardian Australia by a whistleblower. The muffled audio captures Queensland police and watch house officers making racist comments while at work in a Brisbane watch house.
2: The conversations we heard on the recording, which were reported to be from 2019, were sickening and disturbing.
1: The Queensland Police and state government have condemned this behaviour.
2: But my view is if you're going to make those remarks about your about anyone in such a racist manner, they should not be in our organisation. They do not align with our values. It is completely unacceptable.
1: The police have previously claimed there is no widespread cultural problem in the force. But after a series of racism and sexism scandals in recent months, others say the problems are clear and pervasive, and they're calling for a reset. Today, The Watch House recordings. It's Thursday, the 17th of November. So, Ben, you've been reporting on the culture inside the Queensland Police Force for some time now. Can you tell me how this latest story came about?
0: So, yeah, we've reported on the Queensland Police Service, um, in particular in relation to their treatment of domestic and family violence victims. And I think in a wake of a lot of this reporting where we've, we've tried to kind of focus on the extent to which this is a cultural issue rather than a set of isolated incidents, Ben Smee is a Queensland correspondent for Guardian Australia. So I guess in the wake of that, with a lot of advocacy work from domestic violence organisations and other organisations, last month the Queensland Government held an inquiry into police responses to domestic and family violence. And importantly, that inquiry looked at the broader culture within the Queensland Police Force. And what emerged were some fairly shocking instances of police officers being openly racist and misogynistic.
2: Hmm.
0: One day during the inquiry, my colleague Eden Gillespie started talking to a watch house officer, Stephen Marshall. They started talking and kept talking and, and Marshall wanted to talk about what he had experienced within the Queensland Police Service. Eventually he gave The Guardian a series of tapes, tapes that he recorded inside a Queensland watch house. Tell me a bit more about Stephen Marshall and these recordings, Ben. So Stephen Marshall is a watch house officer. Now, these are not sworn police officers, but they work for the Queensland Police Service. And essentially they work in watch houses, which are like prison holding cells attached to a police station. And watch houses are usually where they take people when they're first arrested. And and sometimes people can spend lengthy periods of time here waiting for a bail hearing or while waiting to be taken to a detention centre. He's worked in the Brisbane Watch House for four years and he says during that, he was left deeply disturbed by racist remarks uttered casually in front of staff, and in some cases, possibly detainees in his workplace. At one point, he began recording them on his phone, just hidden in his pocket. And he says he recorded this audio because he felt as if the things being said in the watch house were so worrying that they were clearly in the public interest. Over the years, he had attempted to report Misconduct, in some cases racist language, and other things. But that when he went through official channels, he never felt they were really taken seriously or that any consequence flowed.
1: Ben, can you walk the listener through exactly what is on these recordings?
0: The audio features comments from several officers. It's a mix of watchhouse officers and sworn police, recorded at the Brisbane City Police Watch House on two days. One in December 2019 and another in June 2020. And a warning to listeners the racist language in these recordings is extremely distressing, and the audio has been adjusted so as to disguise the officers' voices. In one recording, a group of officers are chatting at the Watch House charge counter about African immigrants in Europe.
2: Yeah, yeah they wait outside the fucking supermarkets, and they'll, follow you and they'll fucking try and rob them.
0: One officer says they are running around everywhere and that in Europe they wait outside supermarkets with the intention of following you home and robbing you. He tells the officer at the counter that the only response would be to, and I quote,
1: I'm just gonna beat
2: the fuck out of you and bury
0: them. Beat the fuck out of them. Just bury
2: them. I'm <laughs> just
0: goes on to say that he hates when a minority goes to another country and starts to take over. I don't yeah. And that if Australia doesn't stand up for itself, this country will be taken over by African migrants and other minorities, which are, in his words, outbreeding Australians. We'll, we'll be fucking
2: taken over any one. We'll
0: Before this recording cuts out, another officer, in response to the racist remarks towards African migrants, tells a groupie... Just
2: hope Ebola works.
0: <laughs> ...hopes Ebola works.
2: Ebola. Oh, uh, yeah. for Ebola. Yeah. So that becomes a zombie virus
0: which infers he hopes there's a plague or disease that wipes out a large part of the African population. It's going to
2: happen, it'll
0: happen
1: there. Ben, this recording is incredibly distressing. It does seem to back up allegations of racism within the Queensland Police Force we've heard in your previous reporting and testimony that came out in the inquiry earlier this year... That's just one recording. What's in the rest of them?
0: In another recording, another watch house officer uses a particularly grotesque racial slur, (laughs) which is followed by raucous laughter from the officers in attendance. Marshall says he can be heard laughing as this recording cuts in, but says it was a shock reaction and that he didn't find the subsequent comments amusing. Later in the same recording, Marshall says he's standing with another watch house officer behind a pane of glass. It's near the isolation cells which are used to hold some of the watch house's most vulnerable and high-risk detainees. At this moment, Marshall says another officer brings an Indigenous woman into one of the cells. In the recording, you can hear the officer standing next to Marshall from behind the glass, calling out to his colleague. He says...
2: So you fucking Yeah.
0: She won't give you a blowjob here. She won't give you one when she gets out. He then turns to Marshall while laughing. He says he just can't help himself. In another particularly distressing recording, a sworn officer and a watch house officer are chatting at the watch house charge counter. Marshall then asks about a different detainee at the watch house, who he says was a person of colour who had been taking a shower. The watch house officer responds. Yeah, he's, I went and looked in there, looked, looked like a gorilla in the mist. He's just under that water
2: constantly.
0: I went and looked in there. He looked like a gorilla in the mist, under the water constantly. Once again, the comments followed by laughter. Some of the recordings do not necessarily include explicit or violently racist terminology, but they do reveal attitudes on race. One watch house officer, while in conversation with others in the watch house, including at least one sworn police officer, appears to defend the importance of white Western culture.
2: It's just, but that's the way it's going We've gotta be, yeah. got be, yeah. got be embarrassed
0: He talks about how nowadays he feels as if he's being pressured by people pushing a narrative that everything is the white man's fault,
2: fault.
0: that people should be embarrassed to be white.
1: Are these comments in and of themselves, evidence of poor policing? Because we, we did hear during the inquiry an argument being made by the head of the Queensland Police Union that racist jokes are not indicative of racism more broadly in the force or
0: of poor or discriminatory policing. I think one of the things that has concerned people who have listened to this, it's not casual racism, right? This is, these are very, very overt racist comments, but just how casually those things are uttered in this workplace. These aren't conversations that are had in hushed corners and they're not things that have been discussed on kind of secret messenger groups. These are things that are said in front of people in a kind of a an almost sort of semi-public setting within the workplace. And I think that there is some concern that this is an environment where people felt that it was okay to have those sorts of conversations. Mm-hmm. But there are also recordings where officers discuss their attitudes towards policing as well. In another recording, a sworn police officer is speaking about the Black Lives Matter protests, also Extinction Rebellion protests, that happened across the country in 2020.
1: Actually, today would have been, well, yesterday would have been a couple of reports about uh, Black,
2: Lives and Black
0: Lives Matter. I'm speaking to a number of colleagues, including Marshall. And there is a clear resentment towards these kind of protests and protesters.
1: Really, like if they let me loose in a protest, it'd be very, very bad.
0: Because <laughs> I'll be
1: skull-dragging him into the car, because,
2: you know, that, and that is my definition of policing. Yeah.
0: The officer says that his kind of policing, his idea of keeping the peace, would be to skull-drag protesters into a police car. Keep the
2: peace.
0: That's it. And if people want to protest about things
2: that's like fucking wrong and you can get
1: back to where you came from.
0: They can go back to where they came from.
1: It does strike me that what we're hearing here in these recordings is a pretty rare, unfiltered and firsthand account of the way that some police feel about the national conversation right now that's happening around race and policing. Have you ever heard something like this, Ben, something this
0: firsthand? I've said a few times this week that I was shocked but not shocked to hear these recordings, if that makes any sense. We certainly have heard about these sorts of conversations taking place. Some of the evidence at the Commission of Inquiry with regard to racist language, sexist language was really, really shocking. But I think to hear it firsthand, to actually hear the words coming out of these officers' mouths, it really has a kind of a, a gut check type feeling when you hear it, that these are people who we entrust with the care of people who are in vulnerable situations. You know, there are a lot of vulnerable people go through those watch houses. And keep in mind that in Queensland watch houses, we know that a lot of the time people under the age of 18, juveniles who... Don't fit into an overcrowded youth detention system are often being held and for extended periods of time in police watchhouses.
1: Next, the system of police investigating police. So, Ben, you mentioned that Marshall tried to report incidents of racism, including these recordings, to his superiors, what exactly did he do?
0: The reason he recorded these exchanges was, was partly because he'd already made a, a series of complaints about different matters internally, and that he believes he exhausted all options over many years to hold colleagues to account in relation to their behaviour, and and that included things like lodging internal whistleblower complaints within the Queensland Police Service. Mm. Marshall did complain about one of these internally and the officer was given local management guidance, which essentially is like a, a stern conversation with a supervisor. He sent one of the recordings to the Queensland Human Rights Commission, which subsequently referred him and the matter back to the Queensland Police Service. Marshall claims he was told to withdraw the Human Rights Commission complaint by a superior.
1: Right. So his boss has seen that he's complaining to the Human Rights Commission about his own workplace. I can't imagine this is very comfortable for Marshall here.
0: No. And you've got to also understand that he's working in a context where we know that people who have complained um, have frequently suffered from reprisal action. So it's one of the things that came out in a lot of detail. During the Commission of Inquiry, was how people who make complaints often suffer adverse consequences, particularly compared to the people that they complain about. At one point, his fear of reprisal was so elevated, Marshall sent one of the many recordings to the police minister, Mark Ryan. And in a detailed email, Marshall sought a meeting with the minister and explained why he was approaching him directly. He alleged he had been subject to ongoing and significant reprisals for reporting misconduct via official QPS channels. And in the email, Marshall said, reprisal action was swift and has been ongoing for me. I learned that I could not rely on my organisation or others to protect me. He said that he was suffering from PTSD and that he'd at one point been suicidal as a result.
1: So what did the Queensland Police Minister do when he received what I imagine was a very alarming email from Marshall?
0: So Marshall sought a meeting with Mark Ryan and he essentially did not agree to have a meeting. Despite Marshall informing Ryan that he feared reprisal from people within the Queensland police, Ryan referred the matter back to the police department. Mm. He told me that these actions from Ryan put him further at risk and he called it reckless. When I reached out to the QPS in the course of our reporting, they didn't have too much to say about how they handled Marshall's complaint except for the fact that all complaints made against police are treated with the utmost urgency and importance and are assessed and investigated accordingly. And we've subsequently learned that a deputy commissioner had a conversation with Marshall about a month ago. So
2: all I'll say is um, I spoke to Mr Marshall for a considerable period of time. Uh, We parted on very good
0: terms. He was very respectful. And that he discussed whether he had the support that he needed. Uh, Which is occurring um, At the moment, Mr Marshall is not in the
2: workplace. He's on a period of leave. I won't go into that for privacy reasons. I understand the interest in this...
1: So the Queensland Police Minister sends the complaint back to the very place that he's making the complaint about. Why are Marshall's complaints referred back to the QPS, Ben?
0: Well, I I think it highlights the fact that there isn't really another option that exists here. Ryan certainly said that he believes that it was the appropriate response to refer it back to Queensland Police Ethical Standards Command. But this highlights the fact that in Queensland, we don't really have an independent external body that can take complaints about police. We have the Crime and Corruption Commission that looks at bigger picture sort of things. But for the most part, like 98, 99% of complaints are ultimately investigated by police. Mm. So, I I think that in terms of proper process, Ryan probably did follow the appropriate process and send that to the people who are supposed to investigate. What the issue here is, is that people say that when police investigate police, that leads them into a situation where they're unsafe. Ryan did what I think he thought was the option available to him. And, And a spokesperson for Ryan said on Sunday that, the allegations with Ethical Standards Command and the Crime and Corruption Commission for assessment, and that racist and violent language was totally deplorable and unacceptable. But it it wouldn't be appropriate for the minister to comment further at this time. Mm. After the story was published, Ryan did again address the media, and he certainly condemned the comments in very strong terms.
2: Well, the the, the behaviour is abhorrent. It's uh, totally inconsistent, totally inconsistent uh, with my experience of the high standards of officers of the Queensland Police Service, totally inconsistent with the values of the Queensland Police Service.
0: He said there was really no place for the people who made them to continue in the Queensland Police Service.
2: Um, So those people shouldn't be part of the organisation, but there needs to be an investigation that goes through to identify who they are and to allow people the proper process around natural justice and a normal investigative process.
1: So the police minister has spoken out since the story was published. Have we seen any further reactions to the Guardian's reporting?
2: The stuff that we heard in the watch house is truly abhorrent. It's tough to stand here and listen to that being
0: said. On Tuesday, the Commissioner, Katerina Carroll, at a press conference, apologised.
2: And I know that, you know, I have apologised and I apologise again to the victims internally and externally.
0: And we saw the Premier, who told reporters on Monday that the comments in the recordings were horrific.
2: Um, I've heard reports of it, I've heard certain excerpts, excerpts from it. Um, it is horrific, OK, and let me say very clearly that uh, there is no place for um, uh, people, for police officers, um, to to be um, uh, racist um, in their language. So, Ben, the inquiry
1: into police responses to domestic violence will release a report next week. We're expecting a lot of recommendations to come out of that, I'm wondering, even without this report, are these recordings and what surfaced in the inquiry already creating waves and creating change within the QPS?
0: We haven't seen the report yet, but what remains is, I I guess, a, a fundamental difference of opinion as to whether what we've heard are isolated incidents, just the result of some bad eggs within the Queensland Police Service, or whether they're evidence of a broader cultural problem. Now, speaking prior to reading the inquiry's report on Monday, Queensland's Attorney General Shannon Fenterman told Guardian Australia there was absolutely a clear cultural issue within the Queensland Police Service. The Police Commissioner, Katarina Carroll, has publicly apologised at the inquiry uh, and acknowledged that there are areas of concern with regard to racism and misogyny. But she didn't accept that these were widespread or cultural issues, and, and that was out of a desire not to, in her words, tar all of those people with the same brush. However, since she made those comments, there are questions being asked about her future in the Queensland Police Service.
2: Um, I don't have plans to step down. Uh, I've come to this agency with a reform agenda. I need to continue that. And to the point uh, where I have said, it's tough. You know, I was um, in the QFES for four and a half years.
0: Four and a half years. And certainly one of the questions that's being asked internally within the Palaszczuk government is, is a commissioner and even a police minister who won't publicly themselves acknowledge the cultural element, are they the right people to then be leading the reform of this organisation? Because there's more at stake here than... Just the future of a police commissioner. If there is a cultural problem that exists within the Queensland Police Service and it's not solved, it's not acknowledged, it's not tackled, then there are real people who are going to be affected by this. Vulnerable people who come through watchhouses where the sorts of language we've just heard is used, First Nations people who have to deal with police, women who report domestic and family violence, and end up with what's described as a raffle in terms of police responses. These are the people who will suffer if we don't really genuinely reform the Queensland police
1: That was Queensland correspondent Ben Meme. You can read more about the Queensland Police Inquiry and the whistleblower tapes at theguardian.com. You can also hear the leaked audio in its entirety in a piece called Leaked Audio Reveals Queensland Police Staff in Racist Conversations Joking About Violence to Black People and Protesters. That piece was by Ben Smee and Queensland state reporter Eden Gillespie. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Emily Waterson. Sound design and mixing by Joe Koning. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Muttonioni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie, and me, Laura Mephioz. Okay, catch you tomorrow.